Hello and welcome to Living the Queen Life, a podcast by Queen of My Own Universe. I'm your host, Margaret Foley, and I am the Queen of My Own Universe. Living the Queen Life podcast showcases the stories of ordinary women doing extraordinary things and brings to you advice, helpful tools and tips and inspiration about how you too can live a life that you love. I believe that every woman is the queen of her own universe, and I'm on a mission to empower you to believe in and lean into your full potential. Think, feel, and live like a queen. There's no one as special as you. Welcome to another episode of Living the Queen Life. In this episode, my guest is Samantha J. Samantha is a sought-after spiritual business strategist, a paradigm-shifting business strategist and leadership advisor who helps conscious coaches, experts, and entrepreneurs increase their profitability, visibility, and social impact without sacrificing their happiness along the way. By the age of 22, she had built a multi-million dollar business within her family's property development that was recognized by her becoming the Young Entrepreneur of the Year and greatly contributed in the field of mental health awareness as a national ambassador using the strategies that she now teaches others. Samantha then went on a soulful journey to find a deeper sense of meaning and purpose by embodying her divine masculinity and femininity. She travelled across the world learning from the leading authorities in neuroscience, shamanism, sacred sexuality and humanitarian leadership to refine her gifts as a medicine woman to integrate into her entrepreneurial skills. She now has the only business school in the world utilising a one-of-a-kind methodology that merges spirituality, strategy and self-expression. Samantha has since been named as one of the top 20 entrepreneurs on the rise by Fox in 2021 and one of the top seven paving the way of success in 2022 by Disrupt Magazine. There is so much to love in this conversation with Samantha. Her definitions of purposeless, purposeful and living your purpose are so enlightening. Her analogy of the feathers, bricks and buses that can happen to us in our life and the beauty of living a grounded, authentic spiritual life. How to start listening to your intuition, knowing that it is your internal truth speaking to you, if only you would be quiet and listen. Start the joyful journey of discovering who you are by creating a meaningful vision for yourself in your life. So get ready for a little deep and meaningful on this episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it with the incredible Samantha J. So Samantha J, welcome to Living the Queen Life podcast. Oh, thank you. It's so good to be here. So excited to have you on today and have a different kind of conversation with um, for our listeners today. So maybe start with the Samantha story or the Sam story. You can go back as early as you'd like to or as recently and tell us a little about you, um, you know, what's what's happened, um, what, you know, events of you in your life and what's then led you to do the work you do today. Yeah, thank you. It's it's been a big story. I'm I'm 30 years old, but it definitely feels like I've I've lived so many different chapters in my life. For me, my earliest memories uh, from childhood was that I always felt like I was very different. For anyone who's listening who is an empath or has felt very sensitive, for me, I always felt like 
I was wiser than my body. And I think Mm -hmm. that when I think back to my life, like I've really been impatient, like can't my body or can't the freedoms of like being able to drive a car or, you know, run my own business. Like I've been feeling like there was so much inside of me that wanted to be Mm -hmm. expressed and, and I felt very impatient. Yep. Yep. I'm hearing you. And so Yep. (laughs) Um, And so for me, like, I guess what came with that was I have struggled throughout my life with feeling like, where do I belong? And feeling a sense of being different in the world. And that really all came to a peak when I was through my teenage years and, and going to high school, where I tried to put on all these different masks, I guess, to fit in within the world the good girl, the bad girl. And this resulted in a lot of different addictions, um, drugs, alcohol, promiscuous behavior, all in a way for me to really discover who my authentic self is. It all went to a a point when I was about 18 years old, when I'd got in the top 6% of the HSC here in Australia. Um, And on the other side of that, getting that level of success, I guess it all came crashing down. And there was this deep feeling of emptiness and loneliness that existed inside of me. And this kind of not being able to understand who I was or this shifting sense of identity uh, was diagnosed as bipolar and borderline personality disorder. When I got that diagnosis, I really, I really felt like the biggest dreams that I'd always imagined for myself, like since I was a really young girl thinking I was here for big things, I really question those and whether maybe because I've been given these diagnoses, like I can't be those great inspiring speakers. I can't be the Nelson Mandela. I can't be the Winston Churchill and all these people I used to listen to their speeches about how they were helping humanity. And so what happened then is I I stopped my university degree that I was going to go for. And my dad in the coming year threw me a, a phone book and he put a, a desk in the corner of my bedroom as I was medicated on mental illness uh, medication and hardly able to function really at all. And he said, you know what, like you got a really good HSC mark, you really good with business and economics. We've got a property development that's stagnant. It's not even growing right now. Why don't you just give it a crack? And so at 19 years old, I took over my family's property development business. At the time, it was turning over half a million dollars. And by having a purpose that was way larger than myself and this group of people I cared about and having my dad's self-belief in me, I guess it really helped me to find that sense of purpose and to be able to overcome my own fears and limitations. And in a few short years, I turned it into a multi-million dollar empire from six figures to multi eight figures and it turned into um you know a huge multi-million dollar empire from my leadership uh and and everything I created there and I became an award-winning entrepreneur and I guess that really was the first half of my career uh as an entrepreneur and overcoming my my inner demons and battles but the only thing that happened is see you know when you have that deep level of emptiness and loneliness inside and you're trying to find where do I fit into the world? Where can I be enough? You know, how can I be the perfect person to feel good enough about myself? It's like, if you attach that to the external world, then it it one day won't be enough because we don't find in the external world. So once I'd reached 22 years old and I'd had multiple investment properties, I was uh, driving my dream car. 
um, I'd had all this success and wealth and, and I was influential. I, I didn't know why after getting that Young Entrepreneur of the Year award, like I went home that night and I started crying in the shower. And I really started to see that whilst I'd proved to that little girl inside of me that like, yeah, we are here for big things and that mental illness didn't stop you. It, it shaped you into who you are here today that that's not actually the point. The point isn't in the achievements. The point isn't in proving yourself to your mom and dad or to your community or the people around you. If you don't actually feel that way about yourself, it'll be so fleeting when other people tell you how great you are or the external accolades that you create. So I really kind of had a, <laughs> a quarter life crisis then. And uh, I started to ask God like, or spirit, like what is actually the bigger point of, of all of this? If that's not the purpose, like what is the bigger point? And um, I started to try to connect into that deeper purpose that lived inside of my heart. And uh, at that point, I remember experiencing a great deal of suicidal thoughts. And I guess I'd been looking for signs and ways to move forward from here, but I hadn't really been getting them. And in the coming months, it got to the point where I was about to commit suicide. And um, I remember saying to myself at that point, um, you know, if, if things don't change in the next week or two, like, I think I'm out of here because you know, I've, I've tried everything to escape this level of emptiness and loneliness inside of me through success that like, I don't know what is actually the answer. Um, and it was really amazing because I was working with a business coach at the time. And I remember so vividly, I was crossing the little street at Wagga Wagga where I was living at the time. And I went over to the cafe and I caught up with my business coach and he said to me, there's someone I know you need to meet. And I was like, okay, there's someone I need to meet. And so he said, I'm working with this guy and he's called a shaman and he helps you to, you know, just really deeply connect to yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I was thinking inside of myself at the time, oh my goodness, maybe, you know, God is real. Maybe there is a higher power that is actually looking after me. And I remember calling him at that point and I said, um, hello, I was told I need to give you a call. And he said, you really need me now, don't you? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> and it was it was the first point in my journey where I really started to believe in a higher power. I'd never gone to church before that. And I started to have these regular sessions with him and I started to go inside of myself for that love and approval rather than look outside. And I realized there was so much hurt, so much pain, and there were voices inside of myself that I you know, I didn't really understand, but in time I learned was my shadow self. It was the parts of me that I rejected and I thought were not lovable that I was really trying to escape through my external world and focusing on things outside of me getting better and better and better to escape these feelings of deep inadequacy I felt within. And through that process of doing the shamanic work, I started to really create a connection to my heart and I really started to understand that, that that my heart had a path that was very different to what my mind thought of who I needed to be, who I should be. And the more that I followed that feeling and knowing, calling inside of my heart, the very actions I was taking started to fulfill me and create meaning. And so in the coming years, what I did is I uh, applied for a scholarship 
at the world's most renowned energy medicine school. And I, I really wanted to actually heal this emptiness and darkness of this mental illness inside of me. And in the coming years, I got off the medication. I trained at the world's most renowned energy medicine school and with the leading authorities in neuroscience, shamanism, and sacred sexuality. And I started to understand like this spiritual self and how it really is what we're seeking um, even in the external world. And I became really, really deeply passionate about, well, how could conscious entrepreneurs um, really create an impact in the world and create wealth and success, but in a way where we didn't abandon ourselves along the journey? How could we do it from a place of inner peace and wholeness rather than inadequacy? Wow. Wow. There's so much to unpack in that. Oh my goodness. I've madly been making notes while you've been talking. I need to go back and talk about that. Oh my God. My first question to you though, Sam, is how are you now? I'm doing really good. I really feel like I, I do feel like a stable sense of wholeness within myself each and every day and how I feel about myself doesn't change now whether I've just written a best-selling book or I'm invited to a talk it's like there's no up or down anymore whereas there used to be an up and down based on my external world and so because I don't need my external world anymore to tell me who I am it's like this feeling of peace and wholeness within which is <laughs> really good <laughs> That's good. I'm so pleased. And I look, I, I, I get that, you know, one of the things that I did write down was, you know, it's that that so many of us do for so long is the looking for what we actually need is the internal validation, so that validation and connection to self, but we constantly look for it outside of us. But that's also what we're taught, right? So you can mm. understand why why that's what we do for so long until, you know, for so many people there is some kind of moment in time where it's kind of like, well, how's that working for you and what mm. other alternatives might there be if it's not external validation, it's not the praise, it's not the mm. achievement of, you know, success in inverted commas that we we grow up expecting it to be and you know I guess while you were going through school and moving on you know to get that great HSC result and congratulations on that because you know that's a, that's a that's a big achievement at that point in your life I guess there was expectations on on you at that point in time or you know a, a version of yourself that you had created um, you know into those mm -hmm. teenage years as we're really discovering or developing our sense of self um, that made you go, well, this is this is what I'm going to do and this is who I am. And might you have still can pursued that if that mental health challenge hadn't presented itself to you at that time, do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that I would have pursued it. Uh, but it just, you know, I think that mental health uh, and physical disease, they all come to show us where we're out of alignment with ourselves. And, and so when I was in that HSC and trying to like so... I, I was in I was in a boarding school. I was doing six hours on top of a normal day. Like Gosh. I was in survival mode for such a long period of time. And so I never believed that um, I don't think that that type of learning style or university was ever really where I was meant <laughs> to be. And I just stuck in that survival because I was like, well, this is what I've been told. If you want to make it in the world, this is what you got to do. And so I forced and went so against what my body was telling me is like harmonious for me just to survive yeah 
Yeah, you know, and I, I think about, you know, I've got two teenage boys who've both been through that that school experience and the not fitting in school experience uh, to the point with my, my younger son, um, you know, midway through last year, actually taking him out of mainstream school and looking into, you know, home, home learning and alternative mm. education for him because that, um, and he's got some mental health challenges um, himself and, the school environment or the traditional learning environment that we have um, or have felt for so many parents that we have no option but to put our children into. Um, and then that, that's that's just like, you know, on steroids then when you get to university, um, you know, so it's it's a great wake-up call, I guess, and so, so good that you had parents who were able to really support you at that point in time and say, you know what, that's okay. Let's listen to your body. Let's listen to what you need. And let's just, you know what, go do something and see if you can find some purpose um, in something Mm. else. I loved as well that you talked about the importance of having a purpose. Um, Mm. And I was was only doing some reflecting earlier today. I was writing an article um, with a journalist about the difference between purposeful and purposeless when it comes to the work that we do. So, you know, if you think about, you know, the the work that you were doing when you were working in the family's property development business, was it the property development that was gave you your sense of purpose or what was it about that role and that opportunity that helped you identify what your purpose is and, and gave you that sense of purpose? For me, the sense of purpose was in really the responsibility that came with knowing that I was saying I was going to do something. In this case, it was creating a property development model, which gave people a sense of belonging. And when I said I was going to do something and then I was successful with that and I I felt people's appreciation and I felt that I was doing a good job, it really helped to boost my self-esteem and my confidence because not only did I say I was going to do something, but but I was creating it over and over again. And I saw how proud my mum and dad were and I, you know, really – I got all these different um, opportunities um, on boards and advisory councils and in charities. And so if you deeply inside of yourself feel like you don't matter – Um, then a really great way to feel like you matter and that you belong in the world is to start standing for a group of people beyond yourself because often a lot of the time you don't have enough self-worth inside of yourself to make healthy choices for yourself, but somehow you can feel inspired by standing for a group of people to make healthier choices for that group of people. Um, And that was very much it. You know, there was times where I was drinking alcohol, I was experiencing drugs, but I knew that those people needed me on the Monday. And so I was somehow able to not make healthy choices because I had a low level of self-worth and a low level of mattering for myself. But when I knew that, oh, they need me, they care for me, they're relying and depending on me, I was somehow able to make better choices because I knew they were depending on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if if somebody's listening to this, you know, and I talk to so many women who were just like, you know, I don't actually really know that they're literally just going through the motions of, of living mm. life, right? And it's like, well, you know, when I was at school or when I was young, you know, this is what I was supposed to do. You know, my purpose in life, you know, my what I had mm. to do was – Go to school, maybe go to uni, get a degree, get a job, 
Um, you know, maybe get married mm. or have a long-term partner, maybe have some kids, keep working, get promoted, earn a bit more money, have a nice house, you know, earn some more money, have a holiday, blah, blah, you know, and so on and so on. And then they get to a point and, you know, you got to it a lot earlier in your life than so many other people do, which is so exciting for you. I'm going, but what am I here for? What is the purpose yeah. of this lifetime? Because really, mm. it's not to just have a job, earn some money, have some stuff, you know. And yes, as fulfilling as raising a family can be, if that is what you feel called to do or able to do. You know, like I would say, honestly, as a mother, and I talk to so many other, you know, parents as well, who kind of be like, yes, I love my kids to pieces, but that's not my purpose. Yes. How would you how would you help somebody if somebody's like, you know what, I don't know what my purpose is. And sometimes people mistake their purpose for what I do. Mm. Yeah. How do you how 100%. would you help somebody really identify what's my purpose? What's gonna light me up when they've just got no idea? A purposeless life is when it's just all about I and me. A purposeful life is where we've got the balance of I, what do I selfishly need you know how many hours do I want to work what car do I want to drive where do I want to live what house do I want to you know we've got to have to have we have to have some of that but what we also need is a little bit of we so with who I have known myself to be and the qualities that I've embodied and the gifts that I've acquired and the skills and the expertise that I've got how can I give a little bit of that out to the people around me as a mom as a a manager, as a friend, as a neighbor, as a passerby via the cafe, how can I give a little bit of that selflessly away, you know, to the people around me so that I make the world a better place? We need a little bit of that we. And then the third part is the all. It's about, you know, how can we do something where by the end of our life, something's going to live on beyond us. Um, a legacy, whether that's a child or it's helping in a foundation or a charity or, you know, th there's got to be something where the bigger the bigger causes, um, whether it's mental health, uh, sex trafficking, obesity, climate change, like we want to be able to have an impact on something that's going to like live on beyond us. And so what I've come to see is for the people that are feeling like, what is my purpose? Is that First of all, there's not a level of awareness around a true spiritual life is when we're living in those three categories. We've got a level of self-awareness around what do I actually need to be a happy and fulfilled person? And that really comes down to, do you have a personal vision of your life? And what does that look like in finance, health, relationships, business, uh, spirituality? And then also what are the values that are underpinning like your level of fulfillment? And so when you have that, the I part is very much concrete because you've got, this is my personal vision, these are my values. Yes. The second part of, of getting the we part is very much about deepening your own spiritual connection because the truest purpose inside each and every single one of us is self-actualization. It's in how deeply do I know myself? And there's so many different corridors that one can walk to understand that, like you'll find out who you are in motherhood or in being a father or in being a toilet cleaner or, you know, having your own business. Like there's so many different paths for that. There's no right or wrong. Uh, only your own spiritual connection and listening to your own heart and really taking note of 
what feels good and what doesn't um, is going to be the path there. And when you start to stand for a purpose that's larger than yourself and you start to selflessly give to them people, your life will start to have more meaning and it will begin to bring out the better qualities of yourself beyond, you know, just caring about I. Mm. And if you can really start to, you know, take some time to reflect on, you know, even meditating on death, <laughs> it's quite scary <laughs> to meditate on death, but this has been the most powerful practice of my life is, you know, I reflect often on laying on my deathbed and asking myself, what are the regrets that I might have? And if I was to want to live my life from the greatest levels of selflessness and I wanted to leave a lasting generation that was going to be here uh, for the next generations, for the planet, for humanity as a whole to become its best self, what would I want to do with my life? And when I think about this, what came for me was I wanted to create a world without mental illness. And it's so interesting for me because that was first an idea and the more that I've aligned with that, like the more that I've recognized that underneath my own suffering of mental illness and sexual abuse and trauma, that if God really had a higher purpose for me going through that experience and that higher purpose was for me to share that wisdom with others uh, so they didn't have to go through it in the way that I did, well then if I wanted to create a legacy behind it would be to make that journey easier for others into the future. Uh, and so that's where everything that we're doing in my business right now, where, you know, for people that are coming into our courses and programs, we're rescuing children who are caught in sex trafficking and we're helping people with mental illness. And so if you can create a plan across these three categories in this way, um, I've, I've discovered that that's when you'll really live your most meaningful life. And for somebody here who's going, oh, goodness, you know, <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> I, I'm not currently connected to this. This is what I have to say. If anybody, pre like before I'd gone through a lot of hardship and suffering, I never, ever would have, like, had this level of understanding. And so what I've come to see is there's often two roads people will uh, go down in order to to kind of wake up to this awareness is that there's this teaching called the feather the brick or the bus mm -hmm. and so you might be cruising through your life really really well and then what will happen is you'll either have uh the feather come the brick or the bus and this is where you you knew you were here for bigger things and it's like oh no but i love the security of this job but you know inside of your heart you're not really meant to be in the safe job. You're meant to be an entrepreneur. And then one time a feather comes just to wake you up and like give you a little nudge. Hey, you're here to discover yourself actually, not to stay in the safe job. Mm -hmm. And that feather might be, I'm starting to not like the job as much. <laughs> but then you don't listen to the feather and you're like, oh, well, it's safe. <laughs> but then comes the freaking brick. You, you know, like the brick might be that like, you got to pay, you know, card or something like that. But then you don't listen to the pay card. No, this is a safe job. And then out of nowhere, you get a bus and, you know, you get sacked or something. And so life's always going to really be nudging us towards the path that is here for spirituality in discovering who we are. And 
people will either discover that along the way with the feathers, the bricks or the buses, or if you haven't already read the book, uh, The Five Regrets of the Dying, what will happen is that people will get to the end of their life and they'll have one of those five regrets. Mm. Um, and so what I, because I went through so much suffering, uh, I've just started to live my life uh, for the past, I think it's now six or eight years from this mantra. When spirit calls, I answer. And when I call spirit, spirit answers. And so I've learned for myself that no fear, no limitation is worth living out of alignment with the absolute highest spiritual perspective and purpose for why I'm here. And so I am so committed to living that. And in that journey, I've found the deepest levels of fulfillment and meaning for me. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my God. Let's, let's, let's go deeper on some of this. I'm like, if you could see me right now, people, I am literally bouncing up and down in my chair with excitement to go deeper <laughs> on this video with you. So yeah. I, I love that feather brick or bus. Um, I think I got hit by the bus three times. Um, and, and it was each time it was, a, I think first time it was like a minivan. And then, the oh, no. and then the next time it was like like a school bus and then the last time it was like one of those giant double double decker buses and for me that the bus each time was burnout and a trip to hospital mm-hmm. you know but I can see you know when you talk about it I can see the bricks that kept coming my way I could see the feathers as well but you know we I can see that you know we often have these moments and whether that is about the work that you do the relationships that you're in, the friendships that you hold, um, you know, the places that you go, um, they can all be, yeah, those feathers, those bricks or those buses. And, you know, it's when you literally, I can say jokingly, you know, I literally got hit by the bus, (laughs) you know, and it, but it took me getting hit by a bus three times to, to actually kind of go, all right, there's something here that I better listen to because, you know, this is really getting boring, getting hit by the bus over and over again and not having any fun. So that was when I I had this awareness, which was, you know, I, I don't even know what it is, but I have to stop looking at outside of me because I'd looked outside of me for so many answers. And I thought the answer was the job, the money, this therapy, that potion, this thing, that whatever. But I had this moment after the third time of, of ending up in hospital of going, you know what, I think everything I need, I already am and it's already inside of me, but I don't know what that means. And now I think I'm sounding like a weird person. <laughs> like you know people looking at me going okay margaret yep you, you do you girl and and i'm just like no everything i need is is inside of me and people are going you know do you want some more like drugs or something but i think this is one of the curious things when you then said you know when spirit calls i answer or when i call spirit it answers you know mm-hmm. and it's funny I'll often have people say to me now um, especially when I've got ladies who are you know looking to maybe come and do some coaching with me or even come to one of my women's circles or my events is you know you know oh you know are you spiritual you know or do you do spirituality and I often ask Mm -hmm. well depends what that means to you because I used to think that spirituality you know I grew up in a very religious household very catholic so any talk of god made me think about you know going to church and you know so I was like anti all, all of that so when I thought about spirituality I then kind of thought about these 
hippy-dippy weird people um, who kind of meditated and had crystals and talked about the universe and, you know, that we're all one and I all thought that they were just a little bit crazy and I certainly didn't want to be. If being spiritual meant being that, I didn't want to be that. So (laughs) I fought with this idea of being spiritual for a while and I remember one day having... You know, and I started to meditate and I started to learn and take, you know what, nothing else is working, so I'll give this crazy stuff a try. And having these moments of suddenly going, oh, oh, I think there is something bigger than just me in this world. And I don't think it has to be God in, you know, in a religious sense. And then one day I had this, this thought when I'm journaling, I'm going, I think I'm my own God. And I wondered what that meant, um, you know, and so I went and talked to a few people about that and they were kind of like, you know, so excited that, yes, you're starting to get this concept that everything is one, that that you are it and it is you and, and everything is all one. And I sort of went, ah, all right, this is kind of curious. So when you say, you know, I call on spirit, you know, or, or you know, spirit calls on me, how do you how do you try to explain to somebody the notion that it is all one? There is no us and them in spirituality. There is no out there and in here. It's just the oneness of 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 your spirit. How do you try to explain that to people without them thinking that you've lost your mind? <laughs> that was also yeah, you know, really well spoken about. And today, like these days, I just. And very unfiltered in the way that I speak about spirituality for me. Um, this understanding of spirituality came through plant medicine journeys. It came through deep meditation in Buddhist silent meditation retreats, not talking for seven or 10 days and only being with my own thoughts, which for anyone out there, like I'd really deeply recommend, you know, never listen to anybody and take on their truth go seek the truth within yourself. And a really beautiful place to find that truth inside of yourself is a silent meditation retreat. I highly recommend doing it for seven to 10 days. Um, So, uh, sorry, I also just want to say that what also helped me to find that, you know, spirituality within myself is I I stopped all gluten, dairy um, and created a low-tox household, which really helped that inner connection become a lot more clear. And so, When you understand that, what you recognize is that spirituality is higher consciousness. Inside of each of us, we are like a drop from a big ocean. And that big ocean is a big ocean of consciousness. And as we incarnate into the body, uh, we take on a unique personality. And this unique personality is trying to remember that we've come from a big ocean of consciousness. And so... Uh, you know, when we're talking about when I call spirit, spirit answers, uh, what I'm talking about is reconnecting to my higher self, reconnecting to a higher consciousness, a higher awareness, a higher understanding of the fabric of the nature that we are living in. And so when we are disconnected from that, we often think that I am Sam. I am the identity of Sam and I am the thoughts of my head and I am this body. And when you've gone through big amounts of trauma, you recognize you are not the thoughts of your head and you're also not the body. And this is a very foreign concept. When I first was awakened, you could say, I was like, what? I, I was seeing that there's a gap. 
there was somebody inside of my head who wasn't my thoughts. It was like I was the observer of my thoughts for the very first time. And this is when I first started to spiritually awaken because I recognized, oh, my goodness, I'm not Sam and the thoughts in this body. There's something beyond the body that I'm observing life through now that I think may live on beyond this body. And that's the true connection to spirituality. And so when you connect to your soul essence, then you also can connect into what's beyond your soul essence, um, which is that you are a drop in the ocean of something much greater. Mm. And um, that I guess that's the <laughs> that's the way I'd probably describe it. Mm-hmm. I, I love yeah. that. I love that. It's it's funny that you know you f- you find all the answers when you actually stop talking. Mm. You know, when you just get really quiet, when you just sit in your own stillness, and let come up what wants to come up. Um, mm. I remember when I was just really starting on that journey, you know, that you've just described there and I would just sit, I took, I took about six weeks off work, um, you know, cause I was, I was so sick and I really just wanted time to rest and heal and explore, um, you know, what, whatever it was that I needed to. And I would spend sometimes hours just sitting in this, this gorgeous comfy chair that I've got. It was winter time. I would sit there in the sunshine you know, and be all snuggly and warm and just start journaling and just let come up what needed to come up. And sometimes mm. the thoughts, I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to write it down and then I'm going to think about it, but I'm, I'm just going to meditate on it. And it might be an hour later, a day later, a week later, I would be like, oh, mm. I get it. I know what that was. And these little these little bubbles, it was almost like, um, you know, when you take the lid off a soft drink bottle, you know, mm. and mm. all the bubbles, you don't see any bubbles in the bottle. And as soon as you, you let the pressure off, you know, the bubbles start to come to the top. And that's mm. kind of almost what I felt like the awakening was um, for me, sort mm. of like it was. It was all in there, like I said it was, but it was just hidden and it needed to let some pressure off for it to all actually start you know, to show itself and to come up. And um, I remember, you know, once upon a time and not that long ago, you know, ah, uh, the thought of the thought of death used to utterly terrify me. And I'm a little bit like you now. I think, you know, um, you know, um, am I my, if I'm on my deathbed, you know, what are my regrets? What am I most proud of? What can I look back and say that I've done or I've left behind? And it's sometimes those thoughts that keep me going because then I go, well, that's your purpose. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to die wondering. I don't want to die with something left undone or something left unsaid. I guess the other thing is as well that death doesn't scare me because that's only the end of this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not, it's not the end of, of me, but our legacy is going to live on in the fact that we help. You know, if we go to that all that you were talking about when I stop being I and I start moving towards being all then we're doing it for the greater good which can't be undone and will always be left behind because now you're impacting other people and then their families and then their friends and then their families that that flow on from it there um Mm -hmm. 
So I think there's there's so much power in all of that. And it's one of those things that not that long ago, I thought it was absolute rubbish and you people were all weird and crazy. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I just want everybody to feel this freedom. You know, I think that's the thing that comes for me. First of all, I thought it was about peace because there is a sense of peace that comes with this. But then I realized there was more than that because, yes, I was feeling peace, but I was feeling joy. And then I realized that it's just freedom, but it's not freedom from, you know what, we still have to earn a living and, and pay the bills. It's not like I've, de, you know, devised my own utopian society where it's all, you know, the world according to Margaret got a wish. That would be a pretty crazy place, but that would be a lot of fun. You know, we still live in the world that we live in today. But the freedom to not feel trapped in this body or this um, society or these constraints. Yes, we might have to follow the rules of you know society. We've we've got laws, etc. But the freedom mm. that there is that says, "I'm me. I don't have to be anybody else, and I've got my own back because." I am spirit and spirit is me, so therefore we're always connected. Mm. I think it's that feeling of freedom that I wish that everybody could experience. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, I think that, like, it, I never would have guessed that the peace or the freedom that I was seeking was not in... It, it was for me anyway, it's been in, can I be at peace with the, actually the full package of who I am? Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the slippery roads people can get into when they get into spirituality is like, okay, now I must be on this pursuit of mastery and it's just going to keep going. You know, I really want to develop myself and I'm going to do all the courses and now I'm going to just keep developing myself and becoming a better and better person. And so Whilst that's great and we want to develop ourselves and know ourselves and discover more of our greatness, what I've come to see as true spirituality is, oh, no, can I be at peace with my flaws? And Mm, can I feel the sense of peace and be at peace with my flaws and the problems that I have and even be okay with some of these problems I'm going to have for life and I'm not even going to... You know, I may make progress with them, but I actually may go to my deathbed with some of these problems and work on them in the next life. So can I be at peace with the flaws and my insecurities and my fears? And also, can I have another foot in that discovery of being better and doing more? And so for me, I now have one foot, which is like, I'm really appreciative of who Sam is. I'm appreciative of my flaws I'm appreciative of my fears and my insecurities and I'm at peace with who I am but I'm also you know have one foot in this idea that I'm working on being more and being better and doing more and doing better and I found that for a long time when I had first discovered spirituality it was like just focusing on the other foot which is like be more do more mastery development and Mm -hmm. what happened is that was kind of saying to my little girl or my fears and flaws and insecurities is like, I'm trying to run away from who I really am. And there's, there's so many different modalities out there that, you know, actually it creates that. Whereas when I 
you know, found this leadership academy, it was all about honoring, accepting and acknowledging our flaws and our insecurities. And when I've now got a foot in both, um, I can go to bed every single night knowing I've really, you know, done my best today. I've lived a life of meaning and purpose. I've thought about I, I've thought about we, I've thought about all. Um, but regardless of that, I'm not in this life because I've sinned. I'm not in this life because I'm here to prove myself or to perfect myself. I'm here to, you know, appreciate who I am and discover more of who I am. And it's a journey where we need to have a foot in both. Mm. That's a beautiful way of explaining it. And, and, you know, as you were talking about, I guess, the, you know, the, the second camp, you know, the, the more camp, it's mm. it's been really interesting to me as I've started you know, to do some more study and some more learning and, um, you know, try to understand more. And as you say, there's so many different modalities and every time, you know, you go on on the internet, you know, um, especially, you know, good old Facebook and Google because they listen to you, um, you know, here's another course you could do or here's another this or here's another that and you should do this and here's the next step on your spiritual journey. And mm. I'm at the point at the moment of, being able to say, I I do not think for one second um, that I have reached the point of enlightenment because I think there are so, so very, very few beings in this world that have. Um, but I'm also happy just to not have, feel the need to be in a structured, formal self-learning or learning of self-process um mm. you know and maybe this is comes back to that whole you know being put into a box from an education perspective often I'll meet people and they'll say well who have you studied under and what course have you done about this and have you you know read this book and heard that person and I, I, I'm kind of like no and you know is therefore my spiritual status lesser because um, I haven't done that course or read that book or listened to that person or, or studied under that person. And instead I'm in the, my version of that at the moment is living as authentically as I can each day and listening to myself and taking my cues from the universe Um taking hints from you know spirit uh, and whether that comes in the form of intuition or gut feel where you know what I can't mm. explain it but I just know you know that bit that you get um, mm. of late um, you know in the last month or so I've been getting a lot of signs and what do I mean by that? You know, I'd, I'd never believed in, you know, 1111 and 333 and all the number things. I thought that was, I'm like, yeah, right. You know what? You just happened to look at your phone when that time was on. Like, it's just a coincidence. I used to think that. And then about a month ago, I started to then see this five and six times a day. Um, you know, it would be consistently. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to put any meaning into it. I'm not going to go and Google, oh, 333 means this or 1111 means that. All I'm saying is that, okay, there's something going on. There's some kind of alignment. There's some kind of, of power or message that's happening for me. And so I'm just going to accept that 
and let it happen. Because I know, I know for me, if I start reading and learning, I can still attach meaning to things or I go looking for meaning rather than just mm. letting things unfold. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%, yeah. And, um, you know, it's this isn't just some random concept. You know, Carl Jung, one of the most renowned American psychologists, spoke of it's called synchronicity and the idea that the divine tries to speak to us through numbers um, and this is just one of those things. You know, it's kind of like those things where you were asking for a sign or, you know, somehow a certain event kind of orchestrated itself and you go, okay, was this synchronicity or was this coincidence? And the ancient medicine men and women, uh, they talk about this as the, the signs of destiny. And so when you have the ability to be able to have a deeper, richer connection to spirit, then what happens is you get messages through synchronicity, as Carl Jung would call it, or the medicine men and people would call it through the animals or through uh numbers or through um other different things if you look to joe Dispenza in his um one of his meditations you know he says once you're in that heightened state to you know visualize an object and when you see that object it's confirmation that you're on the path of of that connection between the divine and your physical world so it's uh it's a beautiful way to be trusting your own connection to the divine even more mm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm so glad you say that. Now I feel like, because I was sort of, part of me is like, you know, I, I have a tendency, you know, it's one of my unhealed things that I'm still working on, you know, from my childhood mm. is um, I don't really like to be told what to do, you know, and this is coming mm. from somebody who spent their entire life being a people pleaser um, because mm. if I was a people pleaser and I was perfect, then I would be loved and accepted and, mm. you know, I, I, I know I can sometimes have a tendency to then go to the opposite side of things and go, right, well, screw you. I'm going to not listen to anybody just because I can not listen to anybody right mm. now. But then it's a matter of, of just sitting and kind of going, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what happens if I just surrender to spirit. I have faith in it. And I just go with what happens. You know, I'm in the flow of life. And then I don't feel, I don't have stress and, and anxiety and, and overthinking and over worrying because I'm just like, you know, oh, that feels like the right thing to do. And it's, again, that comes back to the freedom, right? Mm. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, one of the biggest spiritual teachings I got was about authority um so um on this journey of of authority and spirituality is if we have had authority outside of ourselves power um you know it's hurt us or we've given away our power like through people pleasing I'm a big people pleaser and being a recovering one what happens is often then we reject powers outside of ourselves or authorities outside of ourselves, and for some people this can manifest as questioning authority governments leaders um and and that and so the first like the part is first coming inside of ourselves and first listening to that inner authority of our mind heart and womb or hara or uh these are the three centers of our intelligence inside and so first we need to build that trust again of no what do i need and really honor that and sometimes that is about not listening to people outside of ourselves. and then 
once we've rebuilt that trust, then we can also listen to people outside of ourselves. You know, we can invest in mentors and we can be around powerful people and still trust ourselves to listen to them um, and be discerning. We don't, you know, one of the biggest teachings I got from the Buddhist people was this. It was, you know, when you sit in a Buddhist temple, they don't say, listen to everything I'm saying and then take it on. They say, here's a teaching. Try it on like a glove. Feel it, discern it against your internal truth. And then if it works for you, cool, keep it. But if it doesn't, take off the glove. And this is the difference between, you know, the unhealthy guru concept, which is um, I'm above you and you must listen to me, which is an old paradigm of power versus this isn't hierarchical. We are both the same and of the same. And I've got a little bit of wisdom and if you want to try it on and like the glove and discern it against your internal authority, then that is healthy. That's healthy authority, both connected to our own and also open to um, people outside of us too. That That's a really powerful reframe right there, Sam. I love that, that, mm. you know, <laughs> um, and I think, you know, when we, when we come and we think about our role as as you know, coaches or advisors of, of, of other people, whether that's in the business world, but certainly, you know, um, in in coaching other people when they come to us and go, you know, what advice have you got for me in my life? Um, mm-hmm. To be able to say, I don't have all of the answers and not everything that I'm going to share with you or show to you is going to land for you and that's okay. Um, mm. you know, take of it what you will, um, do with it what you will, and if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. And that doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make me wrong or my advice silly. It just means, yeah, my internal guidance system is saying, mm, no, not that bit. And it's okay mm. in our spiritual journey and as we go through our awakening of who I am and what are my values and what matters to me, we have to be allowed to pick and choose and 100%. listen. 100%. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And we often get taught that, that we just have to accept things as they are, accept things at face value um, and that almost if you just, you know, if you're one of those people who goes, do you know what, I'll have a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this, then you're being fussy and entitled and that's not okay. But if you can't be so super selective and super picky in your Mm. self-learning, then when do you Mm. get to be picky and selective? Yes, yes, 100%. And, um, yeah, I think that's all about, you know, developing that internal safety and security in who we are um, is really being able to quieten the voices outside of ourselves, and when we can increase the loudness uh, the volume of that internal self that internal voice and then have the courage to trust it uh, that is true embodied spirituality um, and and if we can also be open to the feedback and uh, the stuff outside of ourselves, um, then then that's a nev- another level of embodiment of it and you know that's when we're going to feel very courageous and confident in our life really to live it right because we know wait a second, I know what's leading me. It's not my mind and my fears. I know this is my heart that's guiding me or, 
you know, sometimes we have blind spots. And so we need mentors, we need other people and teachings outside of ourselves because we only have so much conscious awareness. And so in their moments, we can be open to the guidance of others. And that reveals more of our unconscious. And so and there's this beautiful balance. And I think I've always been surrounded by a lot of mentors my whole journey. And um, this has always helped me because I've, I've always been growing. And in growing and discovering new parts of myself, I fell more in love. You know, there was definitely a point in my journey where I thought growth and getting mentored and meant that, you know, I'm not enough, I'm trying to fix myself. There was a very different point where I got to the journey and I was like, oh, I'm getting mentored and I'm having people around me, not because I need to be fixed or I'm broken. (laughs) I'm doing this because I know the most meaningful life I want to leave my family and I want to have for myself because of how much I actually love me. And that was a paradigm shift for me. Yeah, it was like, oh, I mean, yeah, it was like, oh, I want the best of the best for me because you're so important. You matter. I freaking love you. And so let me get as many mentors and advisors, like, let's make this freaking happen. And then, then, you know, in years to come, I actually created it all. And I was like, so in love with me because I prioritized that inner voice. I made it happen. I got the support because doing it alone was like an ego boost. So the more support that I got, I was like, I can't do it alone and that's okay. And I'm humble enough to receive the support. You make it happen. You live your dream life. And then you're like, you're so in love with yourself because you cared so much about yourself that you're like, you matter, your needs matter, and we're going to make it happen. And, And that's, I think, that's such a great feeling. Oh, my God. Amen, Queen. Just amen to all <laughs> that. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I, like, I feel that. I I feel now what, how powerful it is when you actually know true self-love. Mm. I... I thought that I had self-love. I'm like, of course I love people. Are like, yeah, you know, you don't love yourself. And I'm like, like I do. Trust me, you know. I realized that what I was mistaking ego at times for mm. self-love, and or my conscious mind was able to say, you're a really good person. You're this and you're this and you're this and you're this. So I could use all of this conscious rationalizing and external validation. You know, I had this this. You know, it was almost like you had a checklist. All right, you know, what what are your, your you know, my, my, my 10 steps to self-love? And you could tick them off. Yep, I'm this and I'm this and I'm this and I'm this. And yet mm-hmm. I still would have these moments when something would happen in my life that I would be like, whoa, that has just knocked me about. I'm suddenly full of doubting myself and a bit of self-loathing and wow okay you know you you do all that that work and suddenly you know there's some dangly bits hanging around and you're like where the hell did that come from I thought I was good Mm. and it's those moments that then forced me to go and actually go well I don't think you do fully love yourself I think Mm. you love these bits but I don't think you love these bits. So go over and do that work over there and figure out what that is because these external events uh, and the views of other people and the way other people are treating you, if you truly loved yourself, that wouldn't be impacting you in the way that it is. Mm. And so I went off and did some more work on self-love 
and then went, oh, now I get it. Now I get what this is all about. And it's going to, you know, to that point now of, of saying, I matter. Everything I want and I need, it matters. And that is not because I am selfish or entitled or spoiled or bratty, but I, I matter. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to prioritize my own needs. And if I'm not going to wait for anybody else to do it, I'm going to speak my own mind. And whether anybody listens to it or not is not the point. I'm, I know what I want and I'm going to now go and ask for it and ask it of myself. And the self-love, as you say, that whole, it's like that joy of self-love that... Mm. I'm gonna. I'm going to do this because I love myself. You know, it's, it's not. Oh, I'm going to go and do. I'm going to get curious about this, or do some more shadow work, or explore this bit with my inner child, or do this whatever because I think I've got stuff to fix. Mm. I am perfect as I am. Like you said before, it's about embracing your flaws. You know, I am. Mm. I am so perfectly imperfect. I don't want to fix any of my flaws. They're me exactly as I am all I want to do is be able to love on them even harder than I do right now and I'm going to do the work get curious about some stuff dig a little deeper on some stuff that makes me go oh I wonder what's down that rabbit hole for you today Margaret and I'm going to do that because I love myself I love the joy and the peace and the freedom and I want to maintain it I want more of it I want it to last I want it to be lasting and authentic all of the time so yes self-love means mm. that you want more self-love and it means you prioritize yourself all the time mm. and and women don't do that women don't get that message loud enough and often enough and young enough and frequently enough and we get told mm. to put everybody else first, don't we? One hundred percent. Yeah, you know that's exactly right. Um, and we don't necessarily have a lot of different models of women that are really embodying that um, that ability to prioritize ourselves um, and know that we don't need to sacrifice ourselves as a mother, as a as a wife, um, as a friend, and that we actually can be embodied in our power and our truth and our voice and. Um, whatever our authentic life looks like that that's hap equals happiness for us mm. yes mm. i think that's going to be an important thing is that you know there's more there's more role models for women that say you know you you can still be um you know in whatever role you choose to be in your life whether that is as a wife or partner or caregiver or parent or you know worker or whatever it is you don't have to abandon your family and quit your job and go and, you know, join a, a monastery as much and all as that 10-day silent retreat sounds like absolute heaven, like where do I sign up? Mm -hmm. um, that, that's not the reality for everybody, right? We, we can't just run away from our mm -hmm. families and quit our jobs and, you know, go live on a hippie commune, which is what people think we're talking about when we talk about doing this. Mm -hmm. But how do I participate in the roles that I've chosen in my life right but still be myself my authentic self you know yes yeah we you know 
that's exactly right. And a grounded, authentic spirituality is about living it day to day and in all areas of our life rather than avoiding <laughs> life and triggers and, and things that come up. And so we can go sometimes to these places or we can have experiences which help us to strengthen that inner voice and help us to understand who we are beyond the narrative in our head. Um, and, and we can go to them places as a way to deeply uh, connect to ourselves, but then we want to be able to bring that connection into our world. And for some people, it's like they can't go away. So it's instead downloading a meditation app, doing 10 minutes a day and finding a level of peace and that ability to, you know, feel that connection to who you are and then going, okay, can I bring this peace into how I respond when somebody cuts me off on the road or my child's yelling at me, throwing toys? Like, can I still maintain that deeper level of uh, connection to who I really am then? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's the, that's the, that's the magical piece of all of this, isn't it? It's that Mm. it's who I am, you know, because I, I would say to, you know, people like, tell me about yourself. You know, and they go, oh, well, hi, you know, I'm a mum of two kids and, you know, I've got dogs and I've got cats and I live here and this is what I do for a job and I'm married or I'm not married or whatever it is. And I'm like, no, I asked you to tell, tell me who you are. You've just told me what roles you play in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me who you are without giving me any labels? Because who you are is how you can show up all of the time mm-hmm. in any situation, which is that, you know, um, as you say, it's like, how can I find that inner peace and that stillness and then be able to mm-hmm. apply it, you know, when I am being cut off in traffic, when, you know, the shit's hitting the fan at work and things aren't going, you know, or the kids have done whatever they've done or my partner's driving me mental, like whatever it is that is your thing, how can I be the person that I am, which is that I reach into my inner reserve and I handle this in my own unique way and Mm -hmm. I'm not left feeling um, that my energy has been taken from me by how I've responded to a situation. and I think, yeah, that's that's the magic in the work that spirituality can can bring you. And and women can do that in these small, simple little skills. It's breathe for a minute, meditate for five or ten or two. If you've only got two, meditate for two, please, ladies. <laughs> if you can find ten or fifteen, even better. Um, you know, yeah. go to, do, do a yoga class. Go for a walk around the block and just listen to the birds and look at the flowers like do some journaling, read a book, get out in your garden. Do something that lets you just be and not do and then you'll start to discover who you are. Yeah, so so beautifully put. I love it, I love it. All right, we could talk about this all day long and we've only scratched the surface. Now, I'm going to pop up into the show notes how everybody can find you. But now, um, books, if I wanted to read a little bit more about your work and um, your approach to life and business, where would I be able to find your a book of yours? 
Yeah, so you'll be able to go to Amazon, uh, your local Amazon online, look up Build Your Empire from the Inside Out or Stand Up, Speak Up. Um, I've also got another book coming, 2030, The Future of the World Economy, which is going to be out next year. Um, And you can find the 2031, the waiting list on my website, iamsamanthaj.com slash about. Amazing. I'll put all of those details into the show notes. And, like, I think the thing, you know, when we talk about, you know, Build Your Empire from the Inside Out, that's not just a business book though, is it? No, not at all. No, it's, it's um, yeah, it's really about like I go into vision, like creating a meaningful vision in your life um, and connecting to your sense of purpose in there as well. Yeah, beautiful. I love it because, yep. you know, I'm all about, you know, my business is called Queen of Your Own Universe and, you know, business it might be one part of that for you, but, you know, your empire mm-hmm. You know, that's not just money and business. Your empire is is your life. Um, you know, and we should we should build it unashamedly in in the image of what we want. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, I love that. I'm going to put all of those details into um, the show notes so folks can come and find you on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, on LinkedIn, at your website, which is IamSamanthaJ.com, um, and we'll pop all of those Amazon links uh, in the in the show notes as well. Samantha J, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us today. I will talk about spirit all day, every day. I'm now going to stalk you on Facebook and absorb everything that you have to say because, you know, I just have to say for somebody of such young years, and I say that because you are so much younger than me, I I love the life that you've lived and that there is somebody as wise and clever and articulate and beautiful as you talking about this at your age i think it's incredibly impactful and you're going to do some amazing amazing things in the world thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to living the queen life podcast you can join in on the conversation at queen of my own universe on facebook queen of my own universe one on instagram or visit the website at www.queenofmyownuniverse.com. Please join me again soon, and in the meantime, keep on living your best queen life.